Hello, everyone. I am Matt Burton. He has the grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds. I want to tell you guys about Anytime Fitness Gyms. Our partnership with 23rd Street Anytime Fitness just started, and we couldn't be more excited. If you're in central Oklahoma City and thinking about getting a head start on New Year's resolution or wanting to work off the beer and food from Saturday, head to Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker next to the Drake Restaurant in Uptown OKC. You get 24-7 access, private parking located behind the building, everything you'd need for your fitness goals. What more could you ask for? Don't worry if you don't live near this particular Anytime Fitness with over 10 locations in Oklahoma City, as well as multiple locations in Tulsa and Dallas, you'd be set. Just come into the 23rd Street location to sign up and you're free to use any of Anytime Fitness facilities 24-7. Tell them you heard about the deal from Through the Keyhole. Be sure to like and share Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Follow them there for updates on deals and other cool activities. The gym is looking forward to over 40,000 upgrades in equipment and amenities over the next year, so beat the rush and join the best gym in town. Join now for the $1 enrollment program going on now through the end of October. Again, that's 23rd Street Anytime Fitness on Walker and 23rd by the Drake. Tell them through the keyhole sent you. It is Thursday, which means Oklahoma's two days away from playing Baylor, which means it's Thursday night, which means it's another episode of Through the Keyhole for everyone that subscribes, listens, rates, reviews, our patrons, all that fun stuff. Usually on Thursday night, we're at a Vanessa house. We are not. We're on the Zoom machine, as Brady would call it, uh, as Peyton, uh, people that maybe this is your first episode, uh, filling in for Brady for today, for next week, for the week after that, for the week after that, month after that, so on and so forth. And Matt Burton joins I, Keegan Renault as we get you guys ready for a top 15 matchup in Waco next week. Boys, how's, uh, how's everyone's Thursday? Matt? Uh, mine was busy, man. I had two remotes today for uh, the old franchise and for uh, Magic 104.1. So, oh, uh, a little bit of a magic duty. man, huh? Yeah, a little <laughs> double duty out there as we were uh, celebrating Veterans Day. Um, and a little cool deal, uh, Dave, uh, Dance and Dave McKay, as people would know him on 104.1, uh, he walked 22 miles. Uh, to Hudeberg Chevrolet, where we were doing the remote at today, uh, in honor of, or just to bring more awareness to veteran mental health, uh, as on average, 22 veterans um, a day commit suicide. So he walked 22 miles to the uh, to the Hudeberg Chevrolet, where we were doing it at today, and all for a good cause, and uh, just in remembrance, too. So it was really cool. Peyton, how... Seems like you're uh, getting moved into the house. Yeah, it's taking some time. Uh, I mean, my day started off. We have a, a Veterans Day ceremony that the Chalk Foundation does. So I was down there in Tushkahoma, um, which is near Clayton, Oklahoma. So if, I mean, if you guys are hunt, you might know where Clayton is. <laughs> if not, uh, it's part of southeastern, northern part of southeastern Oklahoma. But I was up there today filming some veteran stuff. We had some. Uh, uh, a Choctaw uh, member from the past, Joseph Oklahoma, he was a, a cold talker in World War One. The Choctaws were the original cold talkers um, in, in uh, military history. 
uh, Seminole, no, Seminole. Who, who's, who's that, uh, that movie, that tribe that movie was made off of? Wind Is it Talkers. Navajo? They're Navajo? In Navajo. Yeah, Navajo. They're in WW2. Uh, they get all the rec- recognition because the Choctaw stuff was a uh, top secret and hidden after World War One. But Joseph Oklahoma was inducted into the Oklahoma Military Hall of Fame today, uh, post humorously or however you say that. Um, so that was a cool little event we got to go to. Then I just got finished. Uh, we're a little bit late. That's uh, my apologies to the team. But I was a little bit uh, late getting uh, my squat rack installed into my garage this, this afternoon. Important so can, stuff. That's very, uh, get some, very Get some LBS. Get some, get some LBS picked up, lifted up, get ready for the offseason. Uh, <laughs> Going to move and groove, get ready to go. Yeah, no doubt. That's what you got to do. Well, boys, uh, Lincoln Riley was back from Baton Rouge today, spoke to the media. Is that the, Speaking of the Baton biggest... Rouge, I had a, uh, a, a cup of uh, a jambalaya this afternoon from a little local spot down here. So I'm just, I'm ready to go. I mean, I, I you know, a little tip of the cap. Sooners. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's, that's what you're supposed to do. As I said, we're typically at Vanessa House. Uh, as we're not, as we are separated. Matt and I are in the same building, funny enough. Uh, which is kind of weird that we're doing a podcast in the same building, Matt. But but that's a house you can go check them out. All the lo- one of the best local breweries, our best, my preferred place to go get beer. It's one eighteen Northwest Eighth Street uh, in Oklahoma City. Matt, I know I don't have a promo yet for Anytime Fitness, but I'm about to be on this train. I'm going to start Monday. Uptown, uptown, hey. uptown. There we go. Uptown hey, Oklahoma yeah, City. Yeah, there we go. It, yeah, it got to the point, guys, where like. I, I like having a dad bod. I'm cool with that. But when it starts getting a little heavier than that, it's like, okay, I got to go. I got to go run a little bit. Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas coming up, and anytime, anywhere, right? I can get my little pin or little login key and go anywhere I go, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it works. And, uh, yeah, especially if you just go to the Uptown Oklahoma City location, uh, I believe it's right by the Drake and uh yeah go in there drop through the keyhole drop name drop us uh if you sign up there it will be good for any location so wherever wherever you're at if you're in tulsa edmond wherever you're at uh they have locations in dallas too not saying that you have to drive all the way up here from dallas to sign up but uh if you it does help us out it helps them out and uh you can use it from whatever location whatever anytime location uh you want and as I alluded to a little bit earlier, Patreon for Through the Keyhole. We do some little bit of extra work on the side. We do a podcast on a post game. Our post game podcast from Oklahoma Baylor will be there. That's just four dollars. You can check out film reviews for five dollars. Got some good stuff. I from it's my stuff, so I guess it's that was very biased to say. <laughs> uh, there's some uh, <laughs> some film up uh, of Baylor, and there'll be some up after this podcast comes out tonight on the Baylor defense and how Oklahoma can attack them. And that's for five dollars, and you get everything else included guys we are under 48 hours to kickoff uh in waco it's been a it's been a treat last couple times they beat baylor twice in 2019 historic 28-3 comeback in waco i noted this and i wanted to touch on this because i don't think we talked about this on tuesday i forget just how freaking physical that game was in waco two years ago like that was one of the hardest hitting I, i covered the team for three four years that was one of the hardest hitting football games that I've ever been at. Oh yeah, I mean Baylor—they they always come to hit. I mean, the rule had that team playing 
I mean, every single one of those players had their lunch pail with them uh, on the field. I mean, they, they were some hard hit dudes, uh, but I mean, they, they've got an attitude and they have an identity now where they are the hard hitting team of the league. I mean, them, uh, probably Iowa State, West Virginia, those are kind of like the three uh, blue collar teams uh, of, of the league now. And uh, yeah, it's, I think some of that is obviously is, is mentality, trying to overcome some uh, talent deficiencies potentially. I mean, you have, you have to bring that heat. You have to bring that hitting. You know, and it, it does kind of suck as a Sooner fan watching that and being like, man, why can't our guys hit like that? <laughs> <laughs> we got one hitter uh, and he, he's barely, he barely hits anybody uh, Yale, but uh, it, 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 yeah, they're just a super physical team. It'll be interesting to see how on the O line, see if Kennedy Brooks, Kennedy Brooks has been running through arm tackles all season long. It seems up. I wonder if they drop him quicker than other teams have. Yeah, as I alluded to, let's kind of go through the pass real quick. Almost lost in 2017 to a one-loss team. Waco's been a trip, boys. It's been a uh, – for Oklahoma the last three times. 2015, they need a, a Baker Mayfield historic night from Sterling Shepard. Uh, Charles Tapper broke Jarrett Stidham's back. I was watching that game this week, some highlights of it. I completely forgot. Oh, the that twist, that, that twist sack, yeah. Yeah, uh, Amon Thomas – full extension interception that I don't know if he could ever do it again, if it ever happened again. It was Oklahoma's night um, in 2015. Peyton, let's get through some of the details real quick, some of the small little things. Uh, Oklahoma's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The point total is 61-and-a-half. We're kicking off at 11 a.m. Here's some other little nuggets. I know that you guys that follow me have seen me tweet this so far in the last week. Oklahoma as a five and a half point favorite. So they're a single digit favorite. They're 17, five and one. I'm going to repeat that 17, five and one as a single digit favorite since Lincoln Riley arrived in 2015. They're 11 and two straight up and nine and four against the spread coming off a bye since Lincoln Riley arrived in 2015. And Peyton, one that I added that you haven't probably read yet that I was talking with Matt before we came on is the craziest one yet. When Oklahoma is less than a seven point favorite, they are 11-1-1 against the spread as a six-and-a-half-point favorite or less. They are also 12-1 straight up in those games. This is a, a situation that Oklahoma was very comfortable in. Uh, Matt, I'm going to throw it to you first. What is, what's some initial thoughts on this game? On this one, my, my whole thing starts and stops with OU's offensive line. Uh, this is going to be probably their best test. Uh, so far, these next three games, I, I just I don't have a whole lot of uh, I don't know I, I don't have a whole lot of fondness for what Bill Bedenboe is going to say uh, to those guys to get them ready, but they have to be ready. Uh, I I doubt that they will be able to though. I, I I still think I think and not to just rain on everyone's parade. I'm not trying to be the negative guy just to be the negative guy. I still think they lose one of these three games. They've just been flying too close to the sun this entire time. They, I think they're going to get burned at some point. And I think most of it has to do with the offensive line. I don't think Caleb can bail them out of every single game as great as he is, as great as he is. I don't know if, and if he can, if he can't, if he, if they go undefeated and Caleb's awesome down the stretch, despite the O-line playing terrible, uh, give him the Heisman. Just give him the trophy. Peyton. I mean, I think the bigger issue to me, I mean, the O-line is just what it is at, at this point in time. That, that's something I'm not really – I'm worried about it. It's, it's, but it's kind of like when you talk about the, uh, the Rose Bowl. And I, 
I am someone who puts more pressure on Lincoln Who's Riley. Who's bringing up the I mean, Rose Bowl right now? Me, me. No, the idea is I'm, I'm walking you through my thought process. The idea is I knew the defense sucked. And when the defense sucked, I was like, well, of course they sucked. <laughs> we all knew that. Uh, the offense had to be perfect. They weren't. So to me, that's where you put the blame. The O-line isn't up to snuff where it should be at. We know it's not to snuff to where it should be at. So we need to find things that can improve to help OU get over the hump of these three games. The place that OU can improve is the opposite side of the O-line. If their defensive line can show up, if their guys can be there and they get impact, if Nick Minito starts living up some of that first-round draft pick hype, if David, uh, whatever, uh, uh, starts showing up with his physical capability and starts ramming in some dudes and setting the edge, then all of a sudden, because OU is going to struggle, OU is not dropping 50 on Baylor, but if OU can keep it close, OU can be there in the front, that to me is, is where the true test of the game is going to be at. Because as Matt said, the O-line is just where it is. And, and, and we can't expect Bill Bingbow to have like, and he's not going to sit there in the team hotel like he's Henry V saying, once more to the breach, dear friends, once more. I mean, he's not, that's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen. Those dudes aren't those guys. They're just a bunch of furniture movers at this time. The D-line is the place where it has to come from. They have to set the tone. If they can do that, they can start forcing some issues. They can start forcing some turnovers. Oh, you can kind of overcome those known deficiencies. And that's kind of where I am at the game. I think Caleb's going to have to scramble around, do some stuff. But I, the O-line is not going to get over. It's not going to, it's not going to change overnight. I mean, they've only looked good for, what, one game, really? Texas game? And, and the rest of the time, they've been passable at best. I'm trying to because the tech game they got that's the reason why Caleb looks so special. I mean, they just no were, tech game they had like what 10 in the box, 10 in the box. But I mean, <laughs> that nose tackle from tech was just getting through anything and everything that was in front of him 95 or whatever his number mm-hmm. was. But uh, real quick before we move any forward, we have some this is probably the most important game to talk about injuries and like guys coming back because as we've learned today from Lincoln Riley, that him and Alex Grinch don't talk to each other when it comes to injuries because they aren't on the same page or they're all, they are on the same page and they're just trying to mind F everybody, which is uh, a total plausible reality that it could be. Uh, I'm just going to try to run through this. I don't, I should have written this down. Uh, Theo Weiss. I think that's probably the only one that is very, very unclear kind of where he's at, but Mike Woods back, I believe. But they said he said he there, there's hope. He believes he'll be back. So Mike Woods Isn't tweets it? that he's back, but Lincoln Riley is still hopeful. That's where we're at. Yes, yes, that's what I was reading through some of the Twitter stuff that today. You know, you know how Riley is. I mean, he's going to lie. He's going to cheat. Uh, he I, I doesn't you even, lie. You've even called him. You've even no called way. him like it's just a straight liar. I need you to go to the press conference and just like, why do you lie to us? <laughs> Why are you I lying? basically did last year. Fuck a sign. It's holding a sign up. Liar! Shame! <laughs> with the bell and everything. Just screaming at him. Every time he speaks, it's like, shut up. <laughs> Just have somebody else be like, I really know. And then, yeah, I think that the, the phrase I was treating you guys about, that there's one player that, that I'm really wanting to come back, and I think will help change the tie of the uh, game. Yeah. We are cautiously optimistic about who are we cautiously optimistic about? Woody Washington. Woody Washington. This land is your land. This land's my land. It is. Uh, outside of that, though, Delaren Turner-Yell, he played last game, so he's back. That's a I think was probably the biggest 
missing piece from this defense, just from the run game aspect. And clearly there are some runs getting in the second and third level, no issues with him. I'm trying to off the top. I, again, I should have written all this down, Matt jump in as well. If you can think of somebody, but I know Weiss, I know Woods, I know Washington was a big piece of this conversation. Billy Bowman. It sounds like he could be a factor this week. I don't know if he was out for injury uh, against Texas tech. But as what Lincoln Riley said today, and I don't know, give credit because they have more insight and insider stuff than anybody else can get a hold of. Uh, it seems like Oklahoma is as healthy as they've been. Jalen Redmond got some snaps against Tech. Looks like he's going to be 100% for Saturday. Uh, some of those guys that are nicked up back and f- that have been kind of back and forth between them being in the lineup and not will be back uh, on Saturday. This is about the healthiest that Oklahoma's been. And just from a philosophical perspective here, Peyton, like, does that, does, do you think Grinch changes the way he calls the calls the game Saturday because of this? Or do you kind of think along the same line with the offensive line, it just kind of is what it is at this point? No, if Woody's back and Yell is back up to term, and Yell's the guy who's their RPO defender, basically, if you, if you watch it, he's the one who's triggering down a lot. Fields doesn't really do that too often unless it's on the edge or something. That A-gap stuff that was really kind of happening, uh, that's what Yell's there for. I mean, he's going to come down, hit the alley. Uh, but if Woody's back, then you're going to see pressure a lot higher. I, I think Grinch kind of has this attitude of, yeah, I could send some people and blitz them, but my dudes just can't hold up. So I, I need to flood dudes in the backfield. Those dudes are still getting beat, but he feels a little bit better being like, well, at least there's dudes around there potentially make a tackle. I mean, I think we looked at the TCU game. If the if 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 um Bowman, I think Bowman got did he get Moss twice? I know he got Moss from one of them, but uh you know, those are two incredible catches that happened. And he had like two dudes right the next Quentin to him. Quentin Johnson, so, TCU. Quentin Johnson. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, it's all there. But if Woody's there, I think you're going to see more Nick McNeil coming off the edge. I don't think you're going to see him dropping as much. I mean, Grinch wants to play man. That's something he lives off of. He plays man a lot. A lot more pressure up front. While well, that bare front could start coming back. Um, but that all just really depends if you have the back end to hold it up. I, th- I think that's just been the issue for you this year. They still have the DBs to hold up. And so a lot of stuff Grinch does, a lot of those linebackers stunting in through the A-gap, coming from wide to uh, stun in from the inside. It's just not – you're not seeing it. Everything's pretty straightforward. I think it's just due to the players on the field. But if, if Yell and, and Wood, you're back, I truly think we just see a different defense. I think we see a defense that was closer to what we saw earlier in the season. Through the Keyhole is brought to you by Uptown Anytime Fitness. That is Anytime Fitness on 23rd and Walker. The best gym in Oklahoma City, if you ask me, and I know that for a fact because I've been using it for just about two years and I couldn't love it anymore. Perfect size, perfect amount of equipment, and we're even getting $40,000 upgraded equipment over the next few months, so we're excited for that. But it's not too big, it's not too small, it's not intimidating. So for first-time gym users or, you know, if you're out there getting closer and closer to the new year and you're thinking about... New Year's resolutions, new fitness goals. Yeah, this gym is not intimidating. There's never a a ton of people inside at any point during the day, so you never have to wait for your equipment. It's just the best place, in my opinion, to be 
if you're just trying to improve yourself in one way or another. And the new owner, Garrett, is awesome, very personable, very helpful, and wants to help you guys out as much as possible. So for the month of October, they're doing a dollar membership sign-up fee. Again, it's a dollar membership sign-up fee for the month of October. Just let them know that you heard about this deal from Through the Keyhole or just from me. Maybe you'll run into me and you can make fun of me. But again, there are about a thousand Anytime Fitnesses across the map. So if you don't necessarily live around Uptown OKC, you can just come up here, sign up with this gym with Garrett, and then you're able to use any of Anytime Fitnesses facilities. There are a ton in the metro. There's a few in Edmond. There's a few in Tulsa. I was just in Dallas a few weeks ago and used an Anytime Fitness in Seagaville, Anytime Fitness in Kaufman. So even if you travel consistently, Anytime Fitness will still be there to help you achieve your fitness goals. And hey, if you are perfectly fine with how you feel, how you look, all those things, that's fine. But just help us out here at Through the Keyhole and go ahead and like Uptown Anytime Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. Give them a follow. We will greatly appreciate that. Baylor loses 31-29 last weekend in Fort Worth and kind of a shocking game, like a little bit different than what we've anticipated from a, a Dave on the defense. And it sort of was an outlier. Peyton heard me say this this week. Uh, BYU made like four insane catches in their game, and two of them came after they were like down, I think, two or three touchdowns late in the game. So, like, not necessarily throwing that completely out because it did happen. I'm going to do – I have some of my film, as Matt saw earlier, some of my film is on BYU that I will show. But Taylor Morris decided to throw a wrench, I think, into some things and into some ideas last weekend in two, two major places. One, if Baylor blitzes and you have great communication up front, Peyton, where you can pick those guys up, there's going to be holes to throw in everywhere. Uh, and then two – Baylor does not necessarily account for the quarterback scrambling, getting out of the pocket when a play breaks down. They don't have anybody to sign there. Um, and I think that kind of threw a wrench into some things uh, for what I kind of thought this game was going to be. I texted you guys this earlier today, boys. I This is about as clueless as I've felt heading into a game since Texas, like I or Kansas State even. Like I – I have zero confidence in like anything that, you know, projecting with a potential outcome. I sent you guys some stuff I'll touch on later in terms of things that we know, things that we don't. But again, I, I, it's a, it's a good matchup. I'm excited for it. Like more than anything, like this is going to be a really good football game. I said this on Tuesday, Um, this stretch here is going to be a lot of, this is good football teams are going up against. This isn't, you know, third, fourth ranked team in the big 12 guys. Like it, it typically is, you know, usually you go on the road to West Virginia. They're very soft on defense. You've got to score a lot of points. You know that like, these are, these are three really sound good football teams that they're about to play. Um, and they get to be really excited. Uh, we were going to, first thing I had listed was the OU defense against the Baylor offense, Peyton. But since we're on the defensive talk for Baylor, uh, let's go ahead and start there. Uh, I think, again, you, you talk about matchups, and you know me. I get into the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator matchup, and this one is about as – I know you're, you're deep football as well. Like, you kind of want to know the nuances and know how the guys attack and what they do and those things. Peyton, uh, Dave Aranda versus Lincoln Riley, I don't – I'm going to be careful when I say this, but, like, thinking about it, like, kind of have to calm down a little bit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, Dave has <laughs> – Dave kind of has Lincoln's uh, number, to be honest with you. I mean, to, to a certain degree. I mean, him and uh, 
Knowles really doesn't too much. Uh, Heacock does, uh, or Haycock, however you say it. Uh, he does. I mean, those are the two that do just kind of off the top. Uh, you know, Dave with the peso defense, I mean, that really gives Lincoln issues uh, when you flood everything like that and you flood those zones the way uh, Baylor will, Baylor wants to, the same thing of Iowa State. Uh, it, it does, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be, it, it's always strange when you see Baylor and you think Baylor. And they're a team that causes OU issue. Like it's like I'm 33, so I'm like ancient or something. But my entire year is like, oh yeah, Baylor sucks. <laughs> Baylor's horrible. <laughs> but then it's weird to think, oh no, Baylor's like they're actually pretty good. They're a sneaky defense. They they can take care of you. They really put issues on stuff. And um, there's only been one type of offense that uh, Riley has had that's really handled that Iowa uh, uh, Iowa State slash Baylor type this new Baylor type of defense. It's been the Kyler Kyler Murray years. And the only reason why that happened is because Kyler could bomb over the top of it. Even Baker could really do it the way he could because Kyler's able to buy more time and just throw over the top. I mean, that, that's how you get out of this stuff because those guys, they play in the no man's land. I mean, if you're, you know, World War One style stuff, I mean, they, you've got your trenches and they put a lot of defensive backs and linebackers 10 to 15 so they can react to pass or react to run. The issue is you're in click the entire time. If you're in conflict between pass and run the entire time, you can be got over the top because they're looking toward the run the entire time, like we talked on Tuesday. So if, if OU is able to get that sting concept opened up, if they're able to get some uh, – I can't remember what that concept is where uh, he did it with Brown a lot. Brown would run that inside route and Lamb would run over the top. I mean, if, if that can be there um, and just get guys over the top and Caleb has some time. Uh, and speaking of Caleb, half the time you, – you said clueless earlier. Caleb looks kind of clueless to pressure. When he's standing in the pocket a lot of times, he'll just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And if he's got time to do it, I mean, I think Baylor can get be can be had over the top. And that's something that that that, that might not seem normal if you've been watching Baylor this year because they've handled it. But as soon as they played one quarterback that could hit them, they're giving up 11 yards in the attempt. I mean, Chandler – you can say they weren't ready for Chandler Morris, but I don't to me that's that. kind of bullshit. I, don't I mean, it's that. like – it's like, oh no, they have another quarterback we didn't plan for. I mean, Max Duggan's the guys, same guy. Go home. This is it. Next week, you know, it's whatever. I mean, you've got four quarters to figure it the fuck out. Uh, TCU's been a bad team all year. Uh, you you can't just be like, well, we didn't know they moved somebody into a different position. We're fucked. You know, it doesn't happen that way. Baylor just got beat by a quarterback who can throw the football. Caleb can throw the football. I think we're going to be. I, I mean, I'm not saying that Baylor's going to lose by 20 or something, but. I think it's kind of there. You know, I, th I think it's there to be had. Um, let, let's see if Riley can be patient with Caleb taking those chances. So I'm going to take some time here to gush about Jalen Petrie, a, a player that is as fun as it comes in college football. Uh, he's going he's gonna to line up as an outside linebacker, and it looks like a 4-3. He's going to line up in that bare front Peyton's talking about where they get five defensive linemen. He's going to be one of those five. He's like six foot, a buck 80. He can blitz. He's great timing the blitz. If you're going to run away from him, he chases it down. Uh, Oklahoma, he is not priority number one. We'll get into priority number one. But hey, it's almost like a throwback kind of player. Like it's just a guy that is not him, Reggie Stubblefield at Kansas State, and Ashim Young at Iowa State. Three players that are not built to necessarily play in this era of football, but they find they have found a way to get on the field with 
how talented they are and in the system they're in. Uh, Grant Delpit, I think a, a name a lot of people know, he was kind of Dave Aranda's guy that played that position at LSU. They go to a 4-2-5 that final year, and it made life on Delpit a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. But Aranda's gone back to that 3-4. He's gone back to Oki. He's gone back to sort of his roots a little bit. And he's and running that peso know. stuff more and more, the, the, that 2-4-5 as well. I mean, hitting that stuff like – and that, that's putting that guy you're talking about in the, in the better positions, being surrounded by other guys of similar sizes and not knowing – you know, I mean, just miscommunicating with the O-line when he when he shifts to that 2-4-5 um, uh, where the pressure is coming from. I think that's a lot what Baylor gets, gets OU about or potentially could get OU about is like talking about just communication. Where is it coming from? I mean – so you can block – I think oh, you can block pretty much any player on Baylor, pretty much. We're, yeah, right. The while we're on the topic. The going to be – While we're on the topic. Let's, who, let's, where they come, was it coming from? Well, while we're on that topic, let's talk about a player that Oklahoma may not be able to block on Saturday. Uh, Siaki yeah. Ika, 62, nose tackle, 6 – he's listed at 6'4". That's the, that, that is one of the most bogus heights that I've seen out there. He is not 6'4". He's like 6'2", but he's 6'2", 340, can move. He's powerful. You go through the list of guys that have given Andrew Rame trouble this year. Peyton, mm-hmm. Keandre Coburn with Texas. Uh, Damian Collins with Nebraska or homie with the uh, cowboy collar on the back. Oh, um, yep, yep. And the uh, guy for last weekend from Texas Tech or two weeks ago. I mean, three guys that fit, and Ika's the best of them. So uh, I my note underneath this, Peyton, is pray. Like, I – I hate to kind of put it in that perspective, but if, you know, you want to talk about like one aspect of this game that I do think Oklahoma is going to have some problems in, it's in the run game. And it's because of the penetration that Ika can get, uh, especially in the interior. I mean, you just have to move stuff around. I mean, if OU had a, any semblance of a screen game, I mean, this would be the game that could kind of unveil it out. Maybe Eric Gray can get some movement uh, on the edges like that. I mean, Spread teams want to run up the A-gap. I mean, very rarely are they uh, edge-dominant teams like that. And OU, I mean, the counter allows them to set the edge to teach you counter. I mean, uh, Bill Bean Bean Bowe's bread and butter to that allows OU to kind of set a false edge and then go from there. But it's still, I mean, if you look at the line, they're still kind of hitting the inside of the line for power read that way. But how you attack that is just go straight to the just go straight to the middle, and you've got to have a little fat dude who can <laughs> sit in that center and shut down. I mean, I know what you're saying. The dude's got the height differences and stuff. I mean, maybe he's like me on my dating profiles. Oh, I was hey, I was six foot. I can't talk shit. I was six foot on every recruiting profile I had. Oh yeah, that's what you call Tinder now, recruiting profile. That's exactly oh. what I do. Actually, I prefer Bumble. I like to not. That's a good first. one. You could, yeah, you, yeah. The Bumble's good because you can like set up like I'm looking for a relationship. And I get, I get where you're going for. Yeah, I, I, no, th- you're looking th- to put th- roots down. Thank you for saving me there, By you. the way, yeah, 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 no problem. Yeah, no problem. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's so let's, more on the Baylor defense. I have it listed here. You've talked about it. We've talked about it since Tuesday. Uh, the second biggest thing, or probably the biggest key of this game, I think I have that written down. Um, oh, the offensive line communication against this Baylor blitz, the blitz. They're going to blitz. They're going to get in second and 10. They're going to blitz you. They're going to get in a blitz pr- pressure look. Third and eight, they're going to get in it. Third and five, third and four, second and eight, passing downs. It gets BYU. They had consecutive drives on first and 10. They get into a pressure look, Peyton. They want to bring pressure from different places. They want to get six guys on the line of scrimmage, and they're going to drop two of them. 
They want to get seven on. They were going to drop three of them. The communication up front, which has been a major problem this year for Oklahoma, uh, is going to be tested to its kind of end here. Like, if it doesn't get corrected this weekend, like, that's the thing on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, whenever we record our postgame pod, Peyton, that's going to be the thing that if they do lose this game this weekend, I think it's because of the communication up front. Yeah, that could be. I mean, I think if they lose the game, it'll be, to me, I don't think OU just gets beat. You know, like you're talking about communication. I don't think that happens. I don't think OU just gets beat. I think they're the better team. I honestly believe that. They've got more talent. They've got bigger. They've got the size that you need to have for these type of games. Uh, They've got the ability. They've got the best player on the field. Uh, I think they've got a chance to do all that stuff. I mean, if they get beat, it's because of the trickiness and if OU starts making self-inflicted mistakes. Because other teams are going to make plays. Baylor's going to sack Caleb Williams. Baylor's going to get some tackle for losses. OU's going to punt the football. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, I'm not like one of those fans who are in the audience. I mean, in the, in the stands, you hear them like, oh, man, they must have cheated. Did you see that hold? It's like, oh, they just get, they made a play. I mean, it happens. Teams make plays. Both teams are going to make plays. Uh, but I think if it happens, it's because maybe the maybe the carriage turns into a pumpkin on Caleb Williams at midnight. I mean, maybe that's why we lose or something like that. And I think you've kind of alluded to the idea of he's going to hit a roadblock. When is it going to happen? Do you think a pressure package from Dave is going to be the reason it happens? Or do you think it's going to be more of a coverage package from like Iowa State or uh, Oklahoma State? I mean – You've shared some videos kind of back and forth and stuff talking about Caleb's missing the vacancy from blitzers, missing the vacancy of when that stuff's coming in. Now, he's growing to that, but he hasn't seen it on the level Baylor's going to toss at him. I mean, but if you just look at, like, where we are right now, I mean, uh, I'm looking at sports reference right now. It's saying Caleb's thrown 109 passes total, I believe. I mean, he's still young in his throwing ability. He's thrown he's, 98, I think, since he took over in the Texas game. If I did since he took right. over. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sports reference has him down to 109, but he's still rocking 11 yards an attempt. Now, again, he hasn't played a team like this, but he's still showing the ability to get the ball downfield, push it downfield. He's 14 touchdowns to one interception. I mean, that's unheard of. That's unheard of stuff. I mean, that is – Sam Bradford's stuff. That's Baker. Baker Mayfield wasn't that good. Baker took a lot more chances, uh, unneeded chances. I mean, Caleb's taking chances, obviously pushing the ball downfield. But this is one of the reasons why I talked about earlier unbridled optimism, because we're going to find out. This is the game we find out. I think Iowa State, we know who they are. I think Oklahoma State, we know who they are. Those two teams, I'm kind of like, we know who they are. Baylor's the team, I think, because they're solid both ways. They're a solid defense and a solid offense. They're not a give or take. You know, Brock Purdy's going to give you the football. Spencer Sanders is going to give you the football. Baylor doesn't do that a ton. Now, they do sometimes, but not a ton. So that this is the true test for me that OU has. The other teams are more one-sided. They're just – they're two big defense teams. Baylor's a little bit half and half to a certain degree, in my opinion. Maybe the advanced stance don't show that. But to me, when I watch them, I watch a defense – that says that's pretty solid. And I watch them often say, hey, they're pretty solid. So this is going to be, um, Matt, I, mean, I, I know you're more of a basketball guy than I am, but I know Greg Popovich, you always say, we judge our season how we beat the, how we play against the Jazz. Because they're the team who's solid on offense and defense every single year. Now, it's not that way anymore, but that's, that's how the, the Spurs used to judge their defense and judge their offense was how they play against the Jazz. Right. I think we're going to see something similar.
this I weekend. didn't sign up for any wins against the San Antonio Spurs this year, Peyton, by the way. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Tank all the way. They're tanking good. They're tanking how you're supposed to tank. Oklahoma State, like, I mean, I'm oh, sorry, Oklahoma Thunder's like suck. The Spurs are like losing every game by three points, four points. They look entertaining and then they lose. Like, I'm happy about it. I can watch the games to be entertained. Thunder, Matt, won, got some thund- Thunder won three in a row. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what. And they're messing their I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> they're messing it up. It's bullshit. They're messing it up. Man. Anyway, it, uh, it, it, go ahead, Matt. No, I, I was just going to carry on with basketball. This is not basketball. I'm stopping myself. No, you're good. Uh, oh, man, we I touched on it. I mean, I had the bait out there. I cast. I was like, here we go. I got them. See, the Baylor – I was going to say this. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. The Baylor run defense has improved. So, from the – Iowa State game to the uh, TCU game last week in Peyton. The run defense has improved tremendous, tremendously, dramatically, and the passing defense for Baylor has dropped, like, each week. Um, so I think that's kind of intriguing. Like, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to be that drastic either, that those two improved. Their run defense has improved. They're committing a lot to the run game right now. Like, seven, eight guys. Um, you're, that's why you're kind of seeing, like, Oklahoma State, Spitzer Sanders threw three picks, four picks in that game, but still they had success because of how aggressive they were defending Jalen Warren in the run. Iowa State, same thing. Texas, same thing. BYU, TCU. They were Baylor was so aggressive against the run, it kind of came back to hurt them. We heard this conversation. You got Peyton. You heard me say this against Texas Tech. Um, this deep, this zone defense is going to be a little bit better. Those windows are going to be a little bit tighter this week. But I do think that that provides some room kind of along the lines of what you're talking about. And if Baylor is going to commit that many guys to the run game, especially when Oklahoma gets two tight ends on the field, if Oklahoma has two t- tight ends on the field, you can guarantee you they're going to bring eight to the run. Not guaranteed, but a lot of the time they're going to bring, they're going to bring eight, they're going to bring eight guys to commit to the run game. And kind of the same conversation about the past defense real quick in that same vein, when I mentioned this earlier when they blitz TCU did a really good job picking it up last weekend, which Taylor Morris did a really good job of throwing into the blitz where those zones are vacating and they had success. I added this in the notes. I told you guys four third downs. He picked up, he picked out six third downs last week on third down with his arm, not his feet. Yeah. I mean, Baylor is not at, um, if we got any Baylor subscribers, I apologize. Your team's not talented. <laughs> your, your team has been schemed to be good. I mean, OU, and maybe that's where OU's missing right now. I mean, Grinch isn't scheming with the, with the talent that's available. I mean, that, that's, that can be hard sometimes if the talent drops off that hard. But, yeah, if you see a yin and a yang like that and you can't describe it, you can't explain why, it's because the team's not good. The team's having to dictate more resources to stop a certain thing. Baylor in the last couple of weeks have said, we are only stopping the runs. We think that's what's going to win us the game. And they know they're not talented enough to stop both. So the idea is like a Bilicekian type of thing. Just take away the right hand, make them play left-handed. It's helped them. It worked, them, it worked against uh, Texas. It didn't work against TCU because they thought, stupidly, let, let's stop a running quarterback. And Max Duggan hadn't even ran that much in the last like four or five weeks anyway. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a dumb game plan to begin with. It was like Mike Stoops running like a you know 10 deep against Swoops or whatever it was. Uh, uh, got that Texas game, which is fucking horrible, or or the Army game where they're like playing too high uh, against Army. 
I'm glad you're filling the quota of Mike can, Stoops' name drops on this. Yeah, line. you got to get him. No, I never, I never did a cleanser or anything. Fuck that, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh. Sorry, Mike. Mike, if you're doing this, we're gonna you're get. Gonna on the podcast, what is our homie, our Alabama me. guy, Matt, that responds to all of our tweets? He's gonna be fired up. I uh, love fired it. Up. He Golding, fuck that dude too. No, no. <laughs> no. I forgot who it is. Fuck them all. Fuck some guy. All. He yeah. tweets back at us. He tweets at us literally after every. It's hilarious. It cracks Okey me. Up. Yeah, the DM. Okey Jeff, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. No, no, that is he does he pay us? He's great if he does. Fantastic. No, he doesn't. He actually listens to the uh, podcast. Yeah, he uh he (laughs) listens. Bleep that bleep that one out, Matt. Uh but yeah, I think he listens to the uh, bleep it. Don't cut it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he listens to the Patreon pods too. So he found a way to get the RSS feed to that. Uh, He's getting it for free. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so real quick, uh, I mentioned some some names to know. We've dropped two of them: Gabe Hall and TJ Franklin. I didn't put Franklin at defensive end. Uh, those two guys are a lot better than what people think. They're long. They're big. This is a really big defensive front that Baylor has. Surprisingly big. It's it's kind of Big Ten. SEC-esque in that way. Um, linebackers, Dylan Doyle to Terrell Bernard, really, really good players. Uh, and then their safeties. I, we talk about Jalen Petrie, but JT Woods and Christian Morgan. Notice I didn't mention the corners, Peyton. I said that in my uh, post, what was it, earlier this week or last week, like kind of measuring the units in the Big 12. Like the corner position, I like Baylor may have the best ones and they still may – the corners still may suck in the Big 12 or between Oklahoma and these final three games. I, we haven't seen Woody Washington yet, so who knows what can happen with that. But um, anything else on the uh, Baylor defense against the Oklahoma offense, Peyton, before we switch over? Uh, Actually, Baylor real quick. Def- real yeah, quick. Uh, where, where are we at? Do you, I was going to ask you, uh, QB spy. You think Baylor, they haven't been doing that this entire season? Every quarterback's found some way. You think they pull some of that this week? I think they're going to. I, th- I think they're going to watch the, the, the Texas Tech tape and see what OU look like they're trying to do. That's something that when we get the offense, I was, I was going to tease about that Riley's trying to bait them to do a certain thing. Uh, I think if they start seeing some of that, uh, that personnel too tied in, uh, one guy back there and start doing some uh, run play action with Caleb, you're going to start seeing some spy stuff, I think. Dave is more of an aggressive dude, uh, so maybe he doesn't. But I think, you know, like I said, they're not as talented. They don't have enough talent to do both things at once. So I think he may have to kind of temper the aggression um, and start spying. You see it all the time. Any single time you see a running quarterback and all of us fans say, heat him up. No defensive coordinator actually does that. <laughs> they always drop eight and put a spy on and say, well, he'll make a mistake. I think we'll, we'll see if uh, – if, if Aranda really is who he says he is, or if he's also uh, going to coach like a little coward, uh, like a lot of de- defensive coordinators in the Big 12 does. All right, so let's focus on the OU defense here against the Baylor offense. Peyton, uh, Baylor offensively, you've heard it. You've heard it every day since Jeff Grimes got hired. Hey, do you know they run wide zone? I've heard it every single day, and I actually heard it on some film review that you may have or may, or may not have posted. Yeah, and – so for they, five dollars, you too can hear that. Yes, you can, and you could check out what uh, Baylor did against Spencer Rattler last year to make him become a second-round graded quarterback, according to some in my circles. After that game, that dropped that game dropped him that much. Well, Not what kidding. round is he going in now? Uh, f- 
first round transfer portal down to uh, that's the what growth. I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, no, I uh, they it's so unique because like they I said this last week I've said it said it maybe said it on Tuesday Peyton you heard me say it on the film review they know their offense's limitations and I respect the shit out of them for it like they know Jerry Bohannon if he's a drop back passer it's not going to look good they know if they want to try to beat you in the running game over time that's not going to do it either they do a really good job play action they do a good job booting them out they do a good job you know, getting some pre-snap reads to him that are quick, easy, five, 10-yard throws. They're very methodical with how they attack. Um, and I'm really impressed with, like, honestly almost as impressed with their offense as I am their defense. Um, what are your kind of initial thoughts on the whole Alex Grinch versus Jeff Grimes matchup? I mean, Alex is going to – I mean, if he has – I don't know. I'm a little fed up with Alex. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him every welcome, excuse welcome, I can. Welcome. Everything's hurting. Everyone's I need hurt. more of Everyone's it. this. Everyone's that. And I get it. We're coming healthy. But if Woody's out there, if Redmond's up to speed, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Nick Benito, and Redmond need to be setting up camp back there. They need to be backfield havoc. Oh, you used to be one of the top teams in the havoc region. There's not there anymore. They need to heat him up. Make him make decisions very, very quickly. And that's some of the stuff. I mean, I have some Twitter stuff. And people are like, well, Alex is going to struggle against RPO teams. No, he's not. I mean, RPO is about making a decision. Make the decision for them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're forcing them to do what you want them to do. I mean, Alex, if you push yourself there and get, get heat him up, we're going to be fine. Now, if Woody Washington's now on the field, prepare to be very pissed off the entire game. Prepare them to pick up eight out of 12 third downs. Grinch is not going to heat them up if, if he doesn't have the corner back there that he feels comfortable leaving on an island. And that, that's just kind of what it is. So I sent you a clip. I'm actually going to post these clips tomorrow. So two things. One, I didn't send you this other one. I don't know if Oklahoma will get Mr. Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman on a broadcast this year. Uh, I don't expect them to based off how you get big new kickoff next week. You've got an ESPN game for Bedlam, ESPN a game for the Big 12 Championship. So we will miss uh, – Spitzer Tillman making some great comparisons uh, for Jerry Bohannon last week, Peyton, he's like a runner like Michael Vick and he's a thrower like Warren Moon. That's exactly how I thought about it. I mean, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, I guess you just sit, I guess you just say stuff because you're, you're just, you have to say things. So I mean, that maybe that's what's kind of happened. I mean, I, I think, uh, Brady was like, you know, he, he ran uh, a lot though. You got hit a lot. <laughs> you, so <laughs> maybe that's why he's saying those things. But, I mean, if you look, if you just squint, uh, and I thought when you sent that, I thought you were talking about Caleb. Uh, I was like, well, I guess I could kind of see that if you kind of squint a little bit. But, no, not, not, in, not in any way, shape, or form. And th those are idiotic <laughs> takes. I mean, it, 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 unless he pays us as well. If he pays us, that's a great take. Come on the podcast. We'd love to talk to you. I would <laughs> never say not, anything bad about uh, him. But if it's not, I will. I, I don't know the dude or live anywhere when she can find me. Uh that's just a, that's just, I think he's just trying to fill time and this said something stupid. I mean, RG3, oh, yeah. I mean, have you heard him call games? Oh, he yeah. Says I stupid have. shit all the time. It's just like, just, you're on TV for a long ass time. You just say uh, stupid shit every once in a while. This is my yeah. favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite one from last week, though. Uh, they do a little like reverse pass. I don't know if you watched any of that TCU game, but after they passed it, like Chandler Morris, it was like a uh, Philly special. Chandler Morris catches the football. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Chandler Morris pump fakes, right? So Spencer Tillman, 
chimes in, like pump fakes after catching it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like five yards downfield. Yeah. Uh, he pulled the Jalen so, Winston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spitzer, Til- so Spitzer Tillman comes out and goes, hey, you saw him pump fake it there. Then you got to be careful in case they try to throw it after he catches it. Yeah. No, sh- well, no shouldn't you? That happened on broadcast last week. What are you going to do? Sometimes you miss it. Sometimes, I mean, you watch a lot of football. He's over there checking his tweet deck or whatever. Seeing so <laughs> what the he's doing in the local area. It's going to happen. This reminds me. Did you guys? Do you guys remember when Stephen A. Smith said that uh, he would take Dwayne Haskins in the draft because he was a great dual threat quarterback? <laughs> that reminds me. Yeah, they just say ones. stuff. They in your ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The best Obviously part is the, that was probably on Stephen A. Smith script that he got before the show. Yes. Was like, some yeah. intern, some intern was probably fucking with him and was like, oh, he's not he's not really gonna say this. Like, I don't think he's done yeah. any show prep like in the last decade. No. No. Now I was watching, uh, I was listening to uh, uh Ryan Rosillo talk to um I mean I can't remember what it's called, but the podcast is I think called Press Box is on the Ringer Network, and they're talking about how do you become a sports guy? And he's he's and he's he's talking about uh, Collinsworth. He's like, well Collinsworth is great. But the reason why he calls all that stuff out is he's got something in his ear in his IFB saying, this is what that play was. Here's what did what. I mean, but now there's a great, great talent to be able to hear that and just it and then make it sound like a human being speaking. Half the time, they're just sitting up there. I mean, like I said, they're just saying stuff half the time. I mean, even Kirk Herbstreit says a bunch of stupid shit all the time. I mean, just just like, what are you doing? Uh, The only time that actually felt like any sort of realness out of him was the Baker Mayfield flag planning stuff. And he's hated OU for a certain degree ever since, except for Caleb Williams all of a sudden. I mean, he's you know leading that charge. But sports announcers, I, I actually kind of feel for them, especially. Uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine being a baseball announcer. You just have to talk for like five hours. And listen, like two of those listen. Hours are Brady left. Happening. The baseball slander has to stop. <laughs> it's got to stop. No, I'm kidding. So Peyton, real quick. Let's not real quick. Let's transition back into some football talk here. Back to football, as our favorite Dean Blevins would say. Uh, Jerry Bohannon, he's an interesting guy. Uh, he, I think he knows his limitations too, which is why I kind of like him as a quarterback. I sent this to somebody this week. I wish he was a second-year guy. Like him and Casey Thompson, I wish were sophomores, like true second-year players and not four-year, fifth-year guys, uh, because I think they'd have a bright future, but – uh, the one thing I do have noted, I was going to throw to you with this. He doesn't see guys dropping into coverage from the line of scrimmage at all or within the box and came back to hurt him. Should have killed him against Texas. Uh, yeah. Should have just absolutely killed him. Uh, and then TCU, it did kill him at the end. So uh, he's good. He can hit passes. He's got a pretty good arm. He's not reading anything post-snap for the most part. A couple times, right, you see him try to really work it, use his eyes, go through progressions. But for the most part, the decisions made pre-snap, he's reading one guy, he's getting rid of it. Sometimes those guys are open, Peyton. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're covered up. And so I think this is going to be an opportunity for Oklahoma this week to really take advantage, kind of like the Henry Columbia situation against Texas Tech. You get a quarterback, they're going to get some turnover-worthy balls thrown their way and it's just a matter of Oklahoma being able to make the most out of them um, but one Jerry your thoughts on Jerry Bohannon as a quarterback in general and two kind of along the lines of what I just was just talking about I mean in general I mean he's, he does some stuff you just look at some if you just look at like some basic stuff here I mean he's throwing the ball I mean 8.8 yards per average yards per attempt I mean I do like seeing that number closer to the to the 10 there I mean I think Spencer was like in the seven 
Spencer Rattler's like seven of where we are right now. So, I mean, so you can tell like he's at least trying to get the ball downfield. But 65% completion rating at an 8.8, that you just don't want to see that. I mean, honestly, 15 to five on a touchdown iteration was that a three to one. I mean, that's like you said, he can be had, he can be got. I mean, he's just a dude. I mean, honestly, he's a jag. He's just a guy. Oh, you need to be able to do this stuff. I, I mean, I keep walking every time I try to talk in depth about it. I keep walking myself back to, oh, you should just beat this team. Like I don't. Oh, you need to beat this team. They need to beat this team. They need to be dominant against this team. I can see myself getting frustrated that they won't, but I'm never ever looking at this and going, oh wow, here we go. I mean, the running game. I do like. I mean, I do like Abram. I do like Tristan, but. OU should just beat this team. There, there isn't anything that just jumps out to me and says, oh, man, OU's fucked on that part if that happens. Or, I mean, they're screwed. I mean, it doesn't happen. You know, as, as, as a snake-bitten OU fan, I mean, obviously you're thinking, well, you know, the bomb's going to fall out. Eventually, OU always loses the game in the regular season. We're never as good as we want to be. Uh, may, maybe that's keeping me from being, like, full on board about it. But I just don't see how – unless OU just – messes around if they just play the Kansas game again they lose but I think even if OU plays like a b-level game they win this game so the one big thing that I think yes kind of the second biggest key for me that I'm watching for in this game Peyton Oklahoma's defensive line they should be able to get anything and everything that they want up oh they have to and this is the best defensive line that Baylor's played up front TCU Defensive tackles last week dominated. Uh, I can go down the list. The film review that you watched, Peyton, the, our patrons have watched. Oklahoma State, Israel Antwine, random guys dominated up front. Texas uh, against this wide zone, outside zone. And that penetration really, really kills it. I mean, if you could force that running back inside, uh, it's really, really tough. Um, so I, I think this is a game Jalen Redmond's back. I, they, I think they dominate up front on Saturday. Yeah, they have to. I mean, Baylor – I mean, if you can make Baylor – because even at TCU game they lost, uh, and you can sit there and say, well, it's Bo Hannon's fault. He only threw the ball 20 times. I mean, they still had uh, – what, Abram still had 125 yards uh, on the ground. I mean, they, oh, they still got what they wanted uh, on the ground. I mean, honestly. But if, if OU just looks like, no, I'm not going to happen today, son. You know, it's like it's not happening. Like you're just going to be running at four-yard clips, not eight-yard clips. OU's walking out of Waco. They're going to stop by the silos. They're going to get some cupcakes. Uh, I like the nuts and bolts cupcake. If you guys have, have swung by there, um, that's legit. Uh, I've been told yeah, not to spend time in Waco, down go. Oh, No, Waco's decent. It's not, it's not like Lubbock or anything. Just don't go to the edges of Waco. Uh... That's where you start pulling in some stuff there that starts getting to an issue or don't play on their basketball team. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's fine. It's not, I mean, I'm not going to vacation down in Waco, but you go there, you go see the fixer upper thing. You go to the silos, you see all the girls walking around in the, uh, in the, in the short shorts and you have fun, but uh, the rest of the time, it's not, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what's up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Baylor's a running football team. Make them, Make them throw. Just make them throw the football. And, and we're going to be fine. And that starts at the defensive line. If Redmond's there, Nick's there, Isaiah Thomas is there. I mean, Isaiah's become the best defensive line player OU has. Uh, and, you know, so I don't even say Winfrey's name anymore. It's like he doesn't even exist. The dude's just uh, a whisper in the wind at this point in time. 
But maybe he shows up. Maybe he becomes half the player we thought he was going to be at all, all time. Maybe Baylor just like doesn't hold him or whatever, uh, and he's able to get free and get into the backfield. That's where the game's going to be won or lost for OU. If if they're able to run for 300 yards on OU, it's going to be a long-ass day, man. I'm going to be pissed the entire day. So the last thing I have listed here, uh, Baylor's scheme versus the Oklahoma secondary. And I think that's an important topic because the way Jeff Grimes, and I have immediately listed, the way they leak their tight ends out, especially off play action, uh, that have really caused, and they've gotten some secondary members have gotten lost with those plays, getting going one direction, tight ends leaking out to the right. They're both leaking vertical, making a safety have to choose between two guys. Uh, I think they do a fantastic job of getting their guys in space, and especially getting their guys to the green, getting away from defenders, easy windows for Bohannon to throw the football. Uh, I, we've talked ad nauseum about Alex Grinch. I uh, saluted you, welcome, welcoming to this the, to the dark side that I've been on for the last nine weeks. Um, but I, I think it's that's number three. I mean, if there's plays I showed Peyton, if they run slant flat to a receiver that's by himself, I can't trust Oklahoma yet that they're going to be able to cover that up and not give up five, six, seven yards. No, they're not going to. They're not going to. What we talked about last time. I mean, if it's slant flat, that's an open play. That's there all day. That linebacker heads to the flat. That's an open space all of a sudden. And it just throws to the inside and the guy just cuts inside. I mean, that's there every single damn time. It's easy. Now, if Grinch is cool with it, if Grinch is, if Grinch is really with it, if he's nice with it, he's going to show them that one time and then set that linebacker the rest of the time. <laughs> just every, like every other time, just have the linebacker set. Uh, you know, or, or or do like a uh, what is that like a cover cover three? So uh, the they so they started playing so they started playing zone to it about midway through the second quarter against Texas Tech after Tech had yeah. ran it like five times for first outs, but that's regardless of the point. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I mean, true. I mean, Grinch is going to say, "Well, can you even run the slant flat? <laughs> Prove to me you can first, and then I'll address it." So we're going to probably see it a couple of times. We're going to get annoyed and go there. I mean, but you're when you're talking about, I mean, just look at TCU game. I mean, those tight ends, you're playing them up as a little bit higher. You're playing them up as a bigger threat tonight than I think they are. I mean, they get catches that potentially break you. Sure. That's what they're they're there for. I mean, they're they're gonna leak them out for a big play or something. But to me, you stop Thornton. He, he's the one you gotta stop. <laughs> big dude, 6'3, 185 or whatever. He's already he's he's over. Being uh, north of 700 yards, I mean, he's the dude you've got to stop. The, the tight ends leaking and stuff, that just happens. I mean, that's going to happen in, in the flow of the game. I think there's a, a – Nebraska had a leak like that. Or Kansas State, I was telling, Nebraska. I was trying to, I was, I was, I was trying to keep Brady, I was trying to keep Brady calm. I was like, hey, it's going to be fine. And then that little leak concept, I was like, well, fuck, maybe it's not going to be fine. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what those type of plays do to you as a fan base or as a defense. You're like, we've got everything cleared up. We're good to go. And all of a sudden, everyone turns around and realizes the dude's wide open. But – those dudes aren't wide open if Thornton's not being stopped. I mean, you you have to stop him. He's the, he's their big play guy. He's their only big play guy they really got, in my opinion. Sure. No, and I'm with you. I, I think so, too. Uh, Joshua Fleeks, uh, a guy from Cedar Hill that I think is a guy Peyton and I discussed during his recruitment when Baylor signed him, was like, okay, that guy's going to be a good player. Um, I have a couple other receivers listed here. Josh Fleeks, RJ Steve, Drew Estrada. He's their Drake Stoops. He's going to make a big catch on third down. 
He's a nobody, yeah. and he's he's going to make a catch or two. Outside of that, man, uh, Xavier Newman I had listed, but that's just because that's a recruiting name from way back when. And I don't think he's – he's got a chance to be pretty good, maybe be an NFL guy, who knows. But that's the – that is the game right there. Let's uh, Let's transition over to some Big 12 games this weekend before we get into the final thoughts and score predictions here. Uh, West Virginia, Kansas State, an important one for Oklahoma. Oklahoma needs Kansas State to be a quality win. They need to get to seven and five. Uh, we they're six and three right now, Peyton. Uh, I did have them going five and seven, so yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if they lost three and went six and six, and I lose a fluky season on that. But Oklahoma needs them to be seven and five. I have Kansas State against West Virginia as one of my picks this week, by the way. Matt, jump in if you have any thoughts or opinions on these games as either, um, but that's the first one that pops up. Well, I think it's West Virginia. I mean, just, just to go on opposite side of the point of view. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, West Virginia is just tough. I mean, they're, they're a tough defense. They're like I think I mentioned earlier, they're one, of the lunch, they're one of the three hard-hitting teams in the Big 12. They have started showing up more and more. I, I think they are a – topsy-turvy team to a certain degree. K-State is also kind of a topsy-turvy team. So, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's a clear advantage over who and where. Who's the home team? Maybe that's who I should say. It's in Manhattan. Oh, fuck. Uh, no, just to go against you. I think it's what you <laughs> uh, Kansas, Texas. I'm doing good. I mean, what, what's, what's, your, what's, your, uh, what's, your, what's your winning percentage right now? What's your pick percentage? Not good. Right not good because I'm sitting at like 65 yeah, percent. Pick up my man, and we're picking uh, picking games. No, I'll bring it up. I'll straight up, up for you. straight up. Uh, or I'm, spread? I'm actually doing pretty good. It's straight uh, up. It's straight up. It's straight. Up. It's different. Obviously, it's different. I'm 59 41. 59 there you go. 41, That'll work. 60 percent. Hey, I've um, lost. Uh, and, and, uh, oh, you I've got 11 pull. games in the last five weeks. Matt knows about it because I bitch bitch to him every week about it. But I do have 11 games in the last five weeks that I've had like some. Really fluky. I mean, that Ohio State-Nebraska game, they have two interceptions plus territory. I'm just like, man, what the hell? Anyways, uh, Kansas does play Texas in Austin this weekend. Any interest? There's, there's literally no way Texas can lose that game. Literally no way. I mean, it could it'd be impossible. I mean, just no go shot. ahead. They shouldn't even play the game, to be honest with you. No, no shot at all. No shot. I mean, who's ever heard of Texas losing to Kansas? It's never going to happen. Go home. Shut it down. Just skip this game. Don't even worry about it. Not uh, that, Texas by a million. Yeah, not that it shouldn't happen, but it couldn't happen. There's no way. No, couldn't happen. Laugh it off. How dare you even waste my time saying this stuff? This is disgusting. Disgusting. There's And there's I like – Texas has been rock solid these past couple weeks. Like there's been nothing going on, no distractions that could deter them from this game, from this inevitable no. win. No, nobody circles the wagons quite like the Texas Longhorns. We're this is they're shutting everything out. This is good to go. Texas by a million. Bet the mortgage. Bet your second mortgage. Bet your kids' education fund on it. This is for sure all the way going downtown. Bet your uptown anytime fitness uh, twenty four whatever it's called. Bet your subscription on it. We're going home. Texas a uh, when you're down three there. and a half point favorite by the way at home against Kansas. I actually don't. Cover. I don't. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like Texas covering that line. Uh, TCU does oh, you, play. You think, the, you think the line's too too short? I like Kansas 40? covering thirty and a half. But yeah. Thirty. Oh, okay. Wow. Ooh, man. I'll call Sark after this. No. Wow. I, uh, it's 
I'm, my relationship with my Texas Longhorns this year hasn't been going too well for me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, TCU does play Oklahoma State this weekend in Stillwater. I think one of the most intriguing games in the Big 12 this year. I don't have a good read on it, but I do think this is a game that could get interesting for Oklahoma State, especially considering off the emotional high they had last weekend. If I had to pick it, Peyton, I would take TCU against the spread. It's a 13-point spread. 13-point spread. Uh no, uh, OSU covers OSU wins. I think they, they they strangle them out. I think that was more of an emotional high of a win. Uh, now, they did just beat up, beat Baylor, uh, but I think it's week two. He's gone. The, the, their head franchise dude's gone. The guy who made their program's gone. The guy who they got a statue outside the stadium, he's gone. Hey, hey he's untouchable. You see that off. quote that came out? No. What do you mean? Who's untouchable? I guess Gary Patterson, according to a report from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, told his team like a month ago that he is a – I know what you're trying to do. I'm untouchable. That's a report. Not saying it happened. Oh, hey, I could see it. I mean, he's, I mean, he's out there. But, I mean, I, I think that was an emotional win. I think it was win one for the Gipper type of thing. Uh, they got it done. They hate Baylor. And he stayed on while being super pissed off to help them coach up against Baylor. I, I think Mike, I mean, Mike Dundee's a good coach. Mike Dundee's honestly a great coach, to be honest. Fo- just football related, just on-field stuff. Great coach. Uh, you don't want him recruiting anybody. Uh, I think they cover. The other game, Iowa State, Texas Tech in Lubbock. Iowa State, 10 and a half point favorite this weekend on the road in the uh, in West Texas. The fighting Joey McGuire's. We didn't talk about Joey McGuire getting iron on Tuesday. We'll have to do yeah, it next dude. week. No, Coach O 2.0. I'm telling you that right now. And maybe that's a better place for Texas Tech. Maybe uh, you don't have as much stuff going on, but the way he's screaming, the way he's like, Raider power, I've been waiting my entire life to say that. I'm like, no, you fucking haven't. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's been wanting to be a head coach of a college football team, but your whole life to say Raider power. But he, he's Coach O. He's going to die maybe that's, maybe that's good there. Yeah, I mean, he may. He may. I think it's a bad hire, personally. Because I do not think the things he brings to your – what you want him to do, and everyone's like – Oh, he's so in touch with a high school college football. He's, I mean, a high school, uh, Texas high school football. He's going to bring in recruits. If he brings in recruits, he's only going to get Texas Tech to like a top 50 recruiter. You know what I'm saying? There's like, he can make them better. Right now they recruit like in the 70s half the time. He's going to make them better for sure. But what's that difference? How much of that is being made up? It's also How not you playing make up stuff when you're not year. talented. That's true. But how you make up for that stuff is to scheme. It's to be like Baylor. It's to be like Iowa State. It's two four stars instead of zero four stars. I still think it's enough of a talent to 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 bridge that gap. Especially like Cincinnati rolls in, BYU rolls in. I mean, they're going to play a different type of football that it's just not going to be there for. It all depends but on the OC. Whatever, they're all happy. They're yeah, it depends on the OC. OC, DC, OL coach. Those are the, it's going to become those are it's going to become B. It's going to be comfy. I mean, they get, they ain't got the money to buy him out and then pay somebody else. I mean, it's just cheaper. We'll see. I uh, I have heard Graham Harrell's name floated around for obvious reasons, but they should have made him the head coach. <laughs> Unless they give him like a we are three thing. weeks away from me starting a campaign for Oklahoma to hire him as an OC, like they were going to a couple years ago before USC hired him. By the way, tidbits, oh, tidbits, tidbits, tidbits. Um, when, when, TC, when TCU makes their hire and Dykes leaves, and then then Lincoln Riley's going to hire his first Riley. But it's going to be it's going to be some stuff. I mean, we're going to be able to hear Brady in the background just screaming, "No, 
that's another brother gets hired to coach at OU football. Sorry, it, sorry, President Harris. Uh, Brady's yeah. no longer part of this. That wasn't him. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. no, for yeah, sorry, sorry. T- taps off. Yeah, it's off to you. Uh, Iowa State, I have Iowa State winning, winning big this weekend. I don't get the whole 10 and a half points. Doesn't make much sense to me. All right, fellas, final thoughts. Matt, we'll go to you first. OU Baylor, give us a score prediction after that. Oh, man. Like I said, for me, it's just the O-line. Let's see if they can handle this this grind because this will be the three best uh, defenses that they face. So I'm not saying that they can't do it. I'm not saying that Caleb Williams can't be great uh, in this final stretch because I I definitely think everything that we've seen from Caleb, uh, he is great. So I, I just want to see um, that offensive line just battle. I mean, like Peyton said, they're not, they are who they are now. It's, this isn't, they're not going to like come out and all be, you know, first round draft picks these next three games. Like they are who they are, go out and battle these guys and, you know, try to, you know, try I don't really know. Try. I'm not saying try your best, but I'm saying like try to keep Caleb uh, clean as much as you can because that dude, he is great, man. He is great. Uh, and I, I don't know if he can – I don't know. I don't know if he can be that great that we need him for these last three games, right? Um, I hope he can. I hope he can overcome that offensive line. But, yeah, and also if they get Woody Washington back, Man, I want to see some pressure. I want to see some pressure, like Peyton was saying. I want to see Nick Benito flying. I want to see uh, Isaiah Thomas flying, Jalen Redmond. And out of respect, Peyton, I will not say number eight's name. Um, but He's dead to us. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, let's see, score prediction, give me a 38-31 OU victory. Cover for Matt Burke, cover. Peyton. Okay, so uh, you basically said everything I was going to say. Uh, ditto on all on all the points there. But what I want to say to the OU football fans who are listening to me right now: open your hearts up, believe. OU is going to win this football game. This is a chance. You can't. I know everyone's all down. They're always down. I, I watch too many football teams of OU fans who are old and bitter about <laughs> about this stuff. Enjoy the football game. Believe. Get, let your open your heart to feelings again. It, there's the old saying like, "Let the kid touch the touch the stove or touch the iron," because it just takes them one time. I think that's where OU fans are right now. So fan, so patrons, listen to me right now. Get, get listen to me right now. I'm gonna put a hypnotic suggestion in your head. Go to your kitchen, turn on your stove, put your hand on the stove, and don't move it. OU is gonna win this game, 38 to 27. OU's covering and more. This is where it's going to be at. OU has a chance to do it. Enjoy it. Don't wait for the floor to fall out. If it does, fuck it. But until then, ride the roller coaster, drink some beers, watch the game, grab a cupcake if you're down at the silos. One name I did not mention, boys. Big game, maybe the most important player, I think, besides Andrew Rain, we talked about, besides Caleb Williams, we've talked about. Brian Osamoa, a very important game for him. The split zone, they're going to run at him. He's going to have to be very disciplined. Uh, he's, it's a guy that if you go to the two, two of the big Texas runs, some of the big Kansas runs, uh, areas that he, that area was vacated, you get a big Brian Asamoa game. You get a big Perry on Winfrey game, Peyton. I think that the Oklahoma is going to be feeling really Ooh. eight, number eight. Oh, thank you so much. He's got uh, these thigh pads on him. 
Have you seen them? They should, they, they should pull like the, the – what year was that when that, that Bob Stoops took everyone's name off the back of their jerseys? Deuce? They should do that 2006, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. They should do that just for him, though. Just take his name off. You're just number eight from now on. I so, hope he listens. So, so <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I sent you guys this earlier. I was going to say it here. I feel confident. These are the things that I do. This is what I do feel confident about. Oklahoma is going to have a tough time running the ball consistently. Oklahoma is going to get their skill players open against this defense. Oklahoma has the better quarterback in this game. Oklahoma's defensive line is going to win a lot. Uh, and Baylor is going to have a tough time running the ball. Here's what I don't know and what scares the crap out of me. So I can't do too much of a peek behind the curtain about RPM data. But whenever a team shows up and they just start doing stuff that you haven't seen before, it's various things really tough on you. Like going in that game, like sitting there watching it, it's like, son of a bitch, where was this stuff at? Right. Uh, so things that I don't know. If Baylor's going to try to limit possessions, we didn't talk about that. Uh, it's something that teams have elected to try to do this year. Get into third and threes, second and sixes, uh, get short first downs, keep the clock running, keep Oklahoma's offense on the sideline. Unsure that Baylor will try that. If Baylor will commit to the passing game, I'm unsure about that. I'm unsure that if Baylor will spy Caleb Williams, as Peyton has suggested that they should do, and I believe that they should do that as well. I'm unsure if Oklahoma's offensive line could deal with the blitz packages. If Oklahoma is disciplined enough defensively to cover the tight ends, I'm unsure of that as well. Too long, didn't read. Oklahoma's got the better quarterback. Jerry Bohannon, both quarterbacks will turn the ball over this weekend. Oklahoma's is better. He's more effective. He's better in the run game. Oklahoma's defensive line is going to win a lot. I have OU winning 34-27. But, Matt, as I told you, I kind of – I think the over may be the play in this game. It's at 61. I have it. I bitched out Peyton. I picked it right on the line. I picked it right at the point spread at the point total, because that's what uh big J's do. They just hedge, 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 hedge. Um, but no, I've got OU covering 34, 27 uh, in a win in Waco. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah. Uh, uh, also, uh, 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 Iowa State, uh, Ohio State goes down. Purdue takes out. It's another top Woo! 14. Uh, we're going for it. I and got then, Michigan at Penn State this weekend. I got my Wolverines winning. I got that one too. I got that one too. And then Purdue jumps I legit, Oklahoma. I pick them. I've got Purdue. Yes. Yeah, yeah, if, Purdue if, if, if Purdue Oklahoma. wins, if Purdue beats uh, OSU, put them in. <laughs> put them in. <laughs> they can beat playoff teams. Just put them in. Go for it. Oh, man. What? Well, that's it, though, right? You got Michigan, Penn State. You got the Ohio State-Purdue game. Uh, from a college football playoff ranking perspective, that is basically it. Texas A&M Ole Miss, we talked about this on Tuesday. The only intriguing part about that, if Auburn beats Bama at the end of the year, A&M has a light yeah. to get to the SEC title game because of somehow they kept Bama from not scoring inside the 10-yard line like four times. But outside of that, uh, for Peyton Guthrie, for Matt Burton, for through the keyhole do you guys go listen or not listen go subscribe rate and review this is the rookie here rookie moves uh subscribe rate review for everyone listens podcast if you guys enjoy us we have a patreon page that's patreon.com slash through the keyhole five dollars for film reviews four dollars for podcasts the five dollars gets you film reviews podcast we also have a one dollar tier for all of our written stuff includes my friday night kind of final game plan Friday afternoons, I send some text out, try to get some feedback um, on some insight of what's happening in the game, put some stuff in there. 
uh, about what we expect. You can get that. Very special thanks again to Vanessa House. That's on 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Down best, on, they've got the best bartender in Oklahoma City. One of Hands one, down. Oh, I love him. Like, every time I walk in there, it's like, man, he's got great hair. Oh, he chopped sure. it off. He did. Still great hair. Still great he's hair. Gotta, he's got to keep jabbing it in there. He's got to yeah. keep jabbing it. Got to keep jabbing it. No, uh, that Vanessa House, as well as thank you to Anytime Fitness. Matt, where can people sign up at? Because you have the correct address location, not address location, but at least where people can go and sign up for Anytime Fitness for us. Yeah, Anytime Fitness, Uptown Oklahoma City. It's right by the Drake, I believe on Hudson. Uh, 23rd and Hudson, I believe. I don't know. I'm really dropping the ball. I'm really dropping the ball. I really, really dropping the ball here. But it's it's on 23rd Street. Uh, I do know that by the Drake. Uh, Anytime Fitness Uptown OKC. Just go in there, sign up. If you don't, uh, if you don't live near there, don't worry. You can just sign up there, and it will work at any Anytime Fitness location. Just be sure to uh, name drop us. Name drop Keegan. Name drop Peyton. Do not name drop me because I guarantee no promises here. Uh, that that will work out for you, but uh, but yeah, just name drop us. It helps them out. It helps us out, uh, and helps you out on your fitness journey. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys. Our patrons will he- we'll talk to you guys Saturday post game show. Oklahoma Baylor, eleven a.m. kickoff. Uh, really kicking off this stretch. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of football. We look forward to you talking, guys. Then, boomer.